East-West Draftcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the East-West Draftcast M15 set review. In case you missed part one, I will be teaching a seminar on how to download podcasts very soon. Subscribe to that or just go back and download part one. Either way, here we go. Back to it. Uh, next up is Feast on the Fallen. Enchantment for two and a black. It's an uncommon. At the beginning of each upkeep, if an opponent lost life last turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. I mean, growing your creature slowly is nice, but I'm You're not, already killing them. Yeah, I'm not sure it's worth playing a, a three mana do nothing card. Yeah. So I think this is a bad, terrible card. Don't play it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fester Gloom, two colorless and black sorcery common. Non black creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Uh, probably mostly sideboard. Yeah, but it seems like a sweet sideboard card against token strategies. For sure. Because most of the tokens are, it seems, green and white. And then there's the squids in blue which there are fewer of, and then red just has a bunch of derpy little small guys anyway. Right. So this card, I mean, it might be main deckable. Maybe. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next up is Flesh to Dust. Three black black for a common instant destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. Hey, they brought that back. And they made murder cost two additional mana. Yeah, uh, they did. Um, why did they bring that back? I thought they hated that. Yeah, well, there might not be that many regenerators in here anyway. And if you're paying five, like, maybe they just have to tack that on because, because it this needs card... something more than just to strike. This card is a total ripoff otherwise. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it bugs me that, like, you can't, you have to spend so much for this effect now. Like, Winter Spell is going to be fun again. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I, I feel like they do this every so often as they... Whenever they don't give black their Doomblade or whatever, mm-hmm. black is bad. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be the case in this set. Um, especially when they make Gravedigger uncommon. Yeah. Uh, so that Gravedigger is the next card. Three colors and a black 2-2. Two, two, return a creature from the graveyard to your hand. Often, like, one of the best commons for black. Um, this is an uncommon. They've printed it in uncommon in core sets before, I think. <laughs> They've also printed it common in core sets. True. It's sweet that they brought the old art back, though. Yes. The Tempest art. I do like that art. Um, um, I was going to say, just getting back to Flesh of Dust real quick. Like, oh, okay. Murder was good, and the double black helped. And it was maybe a little too good, like, yeah. relative to the other removal in that set. But I don't think five mana is the answer. I think four is right where they need to be. Two black black for this effect seems completely reasonable to me. And I even think that with four mana, you could should be able to get, you should get something else too. Really? I mean, maybe not something good. Like, remember Grizzly Spectacle? It's like milling them. Oh yeah, at the same time, just some minor. Yeah, and maybe not even a benefit, but just it does something else. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I feel like the the if when you see them do this, they're trying to nerf black to some extent, and I'm I don't know. It just it bugs me a little bit because I feel like there's a balance there they could find that they're just either intentionally avoiding, or maybe I'm just wrong. I mean, I'm I, no, it's quite I, possible. I I mean, I think that I I didn't play enough. But I think murder might have been the answer, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, I thought murder was good. The problem with murder is that it was efficient enough to the point where when you were drafting, it was very easy just to be like, okay, I see a murder in my opening pack, I have to take it. 
you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like four mana, you start to push that envelope a little bit more, and at five, it's just gone. Like, you, you can first pick that card, but it's probably only happening if your pack is really bad. Sure. Like, if there's not a good uncommon or rare in the pack. Right. They could have just made murder a little bit worse and made it more conditional. Like, non-black creature? Yeah, but then that just gave that Doom Blade. But, like... Right, but I think that's the answer. It's like, Doom Blade's too good. Yeah. Murder at common, destroying any creature, might be too good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think... F- f- for, to me, four mana seems reasonable. Like, I think that's where... And they might end up there, who knows, in the next core set or something. I, I have no clue. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, in Garruk's Wake. Uh, seven colorless, black, black, sorcery, rare. Destroy all creatures you don't control. And all planeswalkers you don't control. Uh, so it's the exact same cost as Plague Wind, as far as I remember. Yep. Does more, because it kills Planeswalkers too, but they can regenerate through it. <laughs> <laughs> and it still costs way too much mana for yeah. basically any limited magic card, period. Yep, unless uh, you have that um, blue guy that lets you trick your opponent into letting you cast free spells. Don't play this <laughs> Does it cost four more? Uh, no. No. Ha! <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Indulgent Tormentor is up next. It's three and two black for a rare 5-3 flying demon. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card unless target opponent sacrifices a creature or pays three life. Weren't demons supposed to fuck with you? Like <laughs> It's true. It this one just, just flips the bird to your opponent and be like, you are screwed no matter what. Like, <laughs> Are you going to pay three life? Are you going to sacrifice a creature? Are you going to let me draw a card? None of these scenarios are good for you. And yeah, This is it. the demon I want to sell my soul to. <laughs> This demon's like, Forbidden Donut. I'm going to give you this benefit, and I'm going to make everyone who hates you have the problems. New demon buddy. You sound like more like an angel to me, but (laughs) all right. I'll go with what you're doing. Uh, Anyway. This card is really good. This card's absurd. I mean, five mana, five, three flying. Good. Yes. Already. And then, oh shit, I get to draw cards or kill my opponent. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um... Sweet. Leeching Sliver. Uh, Slivers. Uh, Colors in a black, 1-1. One, one. Uh, whenever a Sliver you control attacks, defending player loses one life. All right. Don't play this card, guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you have a constructed Sliver deck, this card is for you. Uh, Stop listening to this podcast, you assholes. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> this card is never relevant, ever. Yeah. Like, even in a Sliver deck, couldn't you think of a better Sliver to play than this? Probably. Yeah, most all of them. Uh, next up is a sweet one. She's back. The original diva of discard, Liliana Vess. All right. Three black black. First ability, plus one target player discards card. Second ability, minus two. Search your library for a card and shuffle your library. Put that card on top. It starts with five. The ultimate is minus eight. Put all creature cards from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, this is like one of the best limited planeswalkers. And by best, I mean like fairest, most well-balanced. But still good. Yeah, feels feels like a powerful rare. That's fair, and yeah. it's really nice. Like it's such a breath of fresh air to get a card. Like there's Liliana of the Dark Realms or whatever, which just feels like a bad rare, and then yep. there's Liliana Vest, which feels like a, a good rare that you can deal with. Like she's totally deal withable. Mm-hmm. With so. with that said, like let's talk about why this card is good and why you would play it. I mean, it's it's a grindy card. Like, you basically want to either, like, cast it and steal your opponent's last card, like, just discard right away, or cast it, tutor up your best card right away, and just, like, get that immediate impact. 
And then after that, it's kind of like up to you and what you can do. Like the fact that it starts with five and could potentially give you two vampiric tutors, tutors yeah. right off the bat is super good. Like you can just play this and then go get the next two best cards in your deck, totally. which will really like do a lot to help you win a game. Um, and if that's not what you need to do, or if you can't afford to do that because you need like her loyalty to stay high and you know impact the game in that way, you can just make your opponent discard shit. Yep, I love this card. Yeah, no, totally awesome. Best planeswalker, one of the best planeswalkers I've ever designed, which is ridiculous because it was the first. Yeah. Uh, anyway, mind rot. Everyone knows mind rot. Three mana. Target player deals cards. Two cards. Usually sits in sideboards. Sometimes it's worth playing. Yeah, I like this card out of the board in some matchups. Um, it does seem like the top end in this format is a little wishy-washy. Like, you can't tell if the format's going to be faster or slower. And in faster formats, cards like this tend to be, I don't know, a little bit worse, I think. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If you are the faster deck, then it's pretty good. Sure. I, I, the reason I say that is, like, sometimes you just can't afford to take the turn off to cast this. Sure, sure. Uh, Necrobite is up next, another reprint. Uh, two and a black. Target creature gains death touch until end of turn. Regenerate it. It's an instant. It's a common. Uh, this is definitely going to backslide towards being a bad card again. Yep. It was good in Theros block because of the way that format kind of shaped up in this. Because death touch was really powerful. Well, and the fact that like a singular like threat was something you yeah. had to be able to deal with, and this did that. Like, Or save, this save protected your singular large sure. threat. And you know, corset isn't necessarily like that. Uh, Necrogen Scudder reprint from Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, two colors in a black. We got a three-three flying. When it enters the battlefield, we lose three life. Wow, that's good. Yeah. We used to think about how it wasn't that good because our black decks wanted to be poisoning our opponents. Yeah. Well, now it's just really good. Now it's just good. Yeah. Happy to see it. Play I, it. I love to beat down. <laughs> I love this card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is Necromancer's Assistant. Same mana cost as the Scudder, two and a black for a 3-1 zombie at common. When it enters the battlefield, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. So maybe you can do something with the mill. Otherwise, it's the 3-1 for three, which is, like, okay. It's but okay. it's not good. Not good. I think this is on the more not playable side of things. I yeah. don't think there's much graveyard shenanigans happening, so... Yeah, it's 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 a filler card. Like, think about that Oresco Swift Claw costs one mana less than this. Right. Which is just... I mean, that's a world of difference yep. between two and three. Uh, Necromancer Stockpile. Colorless and a black for an enchantment. It's a rare. You can pay a colorless and a black to discard a creature card. And you draw a card. If the discarded card was this way... What was this way? <laughs> was a zombie card. Put... A zombie into play. 2-2 two, two, zombie, and he comes into play tapped. So, there are six zombies in common, uncommon. Three commons, three uncommons. That doesn't seem like enough to me. Probably not. Um, yeah. And I mean, are any of them better than a 2-2 two, two that draws a card? Almost all of them are. Okay. Except for, like, the Necromancer system. Like, there's the, well, I guess Black Cat. Black Cat. You don't want to be playing that card anyway. Yeah, true. Yeah. This card, I don't think it's very good. Not good. Uh, next up is Nightfire Giant. This is the Fool's Gold black card. Uh, four and a black for a 4-3 zombie giant. It has plus one plus one as long as you control a mountain. And you can pay four and a red. Nightfire Giant deals two damage to target creature or player. This one is sweet. Wow. This is like one of two that I would consider splashing for. Yeah. Real, real powerful. Um, yeah, 5-4 for five is awesome in black. 
Yeah. Uh, they usually get four threes for five. Just a repeatable shock. Yeah. Even then, for five mana is really powerful. Yeah, really powerful. Sweet. Um, Obnixilis. Unshackled. We got Obnixie back. It's unshackled? Uh, it's unshackled. It's unshackled. Four colorless and two black for four four flying trample. Pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever an opponent searches his library, that player sacrifices a creature and loses ten life. So you're telling me I shouldn't search my <laughs> library. <laughs> this is... I mean, truthfully, I so this was designed by Brad Muir. I'm not sure who Brad Muir is, but he's a different game designer who doesn't actually work on Magic like the other ones. Um, sorry, Brad. I don't know if... I don't know what kind of design philosophy you have, but generally when a thing should just say whenever opponents can't search libraries, <laughs> you're kind of fucked up. Like, that's what this card should say. There's no way that you want to search your library. There can't be anything you want to search for that's worth losing 10 life. Well, it's not like this is like um, a hate bear style card where you'll it'll be played in standard or right. modern against fetch six lands. Mana. Yeah, it's a six mana 4-4 four, four flying trample demon. <laughs> it's like not even a good enough vanilla creature to... Right. And then I mean, another random ability tacked onto it. Whenever another creature dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on him. So, again, like, this card is fine for limited, and I'm not... It's not it's, a it's bad a good, design. It's a good card. Uh, what, let, let I put think it it's a, a It's weak. a bad design for you. It's a bad design for me. But there are people who are going to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, I hate when my buddy... Searches up with all those tutors he's got and fetch lands. Like, I'm going to show him. I'm going to play this card. And you know what? They're probably wrong to, like, think that this is the solution. But that kind of, you know, ability draws yeah. some people in. That's like, cause... very fair. I mean, yeah. I look at this from a person who wants to design games for a living. That's what I want to do. And I really hate it. But <laughs> I can totally understand the, like, I mean, the, like, little kid in me. Who loved Leviathan? Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's, fair. It's just that moment where you're like, yeah, you're gonna suck somebody into thinking this is gonna help them, or they're gonna think that, oh, that's it's an arbitrary. Like you and I have been playing long enough to know that that's not an important ability. Anyway, we're tangenting, so we're gonna keep going. <laughs> I, I think the card is fine for limited, but I mean, no, I'd first pick not that. Amazing. Uh, Paragon of Open Graves is the black one. Three and a black for a two two. All your black creatures get plus one plus one. Two and a black, tap it. Another black creature you control gains death touch until end of turn. I think that's pretty probably, solid yeah. It's Death touch will often be the best ability that one of these paragons can grant. It can make a creature you have essentially unblockable. It can take down a team block or allow your worst creature trade with your opponent's best creature in combat. Like, this is a solid ability. The downside is you have to leave up three mana and this thing to do it. But, and the other downside is you have to play black creatures, which have seemed to be pretty weak on the whole. Yeah. Yeah, black does seem underpowered. Uh, next, we got Rot Feaster Maggot, four colorless and a black, four creature insect, common, three, five. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, exile, target creature card from a graveyard, gain life equal to that creature, uh, that card's toughness. Um, card seems fine to me. Yeah, five mana, three, five. Arbitrary life gain. Yeah. The, the one thing that I noticed is that this is not a May ability, <laughs> so if you are planning on some graveyard shenanigans... Uh, be careful what you exile from your own graveyard if you cast this. Totally. Uh, Shadow Cloak Vampire is up next. Same mana cost. Four and a black for a 4-3 Vampire at common. It says pay two life. Shadow Cloak Vampire gains flying until end of turn. So is it worth paying two life to clock for four in the air? In a lot of cases, absolutely yes. Yeah. And... Um, it reminds me of a Pewter Leech that costs five mana. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of a race, it's definitely pretty good. Um, in a race, it's a little more of a risk because you're paying two life to, you know. Yeah, in a get race, in you might not be paying the life. You might just be willing to trade it off. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, that is the nice thing. It's like, you don't have to pay the life. You can just have four, three, four, five, which isn't the worst thing you could be doing no. in a corset. That's pretty fair cost for a black for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sign and Blood. Probably the best common. Oh, well, that we've read so far. Two black sorcery. Uh, target player draws two cards and loses two life. I didn't even write notes on this one. Good card. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Black Souls, next soul of Innistrad. Uh, six mana for a 6-6 six, six death touch. This one has three black black. Return up to three target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. And you can exile it from the graveyard with that same mana cost to do the same effect. Uh, as a 6-6 six, six death touch for six, this guy is great. I do think this ability is probably the least relevant of yeah. the soul of it's cheap though cycle, but yeah, because once you do it one time, you're you probably done doing that again. for the rest of the game. And furthermore, you have to—I mean, getting back one creature from your yard, like you have to have three cards in your graveyard to even get value out of that. I think, or at least two. Well, yeah, I mean, it's take a turn off to do it. It's a six mana six six. Yeah, done no, that. I mean it's good. Uh, Stab Wound! It's uncommon this time! Two colorless and a black, four enchant creature, minus two, minus two. At the beginning of their upkeep, they lose two life. This was the best common in, um, that set it was in. Return Ravnica? Return Ravnica, I, yeah. th I think. Yeah, it uh, was. And here, it's gonna be one of the better uncommons, because it's really good. Yeah, this is an awesome <laughs> card. I'm really, really glad they moved it to uncommon. Yeah. Um, a nice way to offset the uh, damage you might lose from a Shadowcloak Vampire. Totally. Uh, Stain the Mind is next. Uh, it's four and a black. It has Convoke. Name a non-land card. Search target player's graveyard hand library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. Do not play this card in limited. Moving on. Yeah. Typhoid Rats. Another reprint. Uh, we got a one man one one death touch. Sweet. Like it. Yeah. These creatures are Black's new Doomblades. Yep. Like, we we have to pay five mana for a Doomblade. Nah, I'll just play Typhoid Rats instead. <laughs> uh, Ulcerate is next. Uh, single Black mana for an uncommon instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. You lose three life. Love this card. Removal, so good. Yes. It hurts. Let's last gasp on steroids. Yeah. The lose three life is, I mean... Whatever. Yeah. I'll lose 19 life. I don't care. Right. I'm going to keep that one life, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's awesome. I Sweet one, it. yeah. Uh, unmake the graves. Four colors and a black instant convoke. Turn up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, pretty expensive for this ability, even with convoke attached to it. Um, not sure why it needs to be an instant. I think it has to be an instant. I think it's much more playable as an instant. Explain. Well, because at least then you can leave up blockers. Because if you just cast oh, this... Oh, yeah. That's like, totally If you fair. cast this, like... I kind of wasn't thinking. Yeah. If you cast this, like, on your own turn at Sorcery <laughs> Speed, like, you either have to pay five mana for this effect, which typically isn't worth it, or you have to tap dudes down, which removes them from... I don't know. It's such a huge tempo hit. Um, I don't think it's good, though. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're super grindy, super controlling, you might want to play one copy of this. But at the same time, yeah, it's just... It is a big tempo hit regardless, um, unless you're casting on your opponent's turn. A wall of limbs is next. Two and a black for an O3 zombie wall. Uh, defender, whenever you gain life, put a plus plus one counter on wall of limbs. You can pay five and a black and sacrifice it. Target player loses X life. 
where X is wall of limbs power. This is a bad card. I smell a forcing the issue with this card and soul members. <laughs> I'll gain another life with Soulmender and put another counter on my wall of limbs. Go. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hate this card. Uh, not playing it. Uh, oh, here comes the exciting one. Oh, yeah. Waste not. Colorless and a black. I bet you, you listeners designed this card. We it, all we made the card, Jeff. It was designed by the magic community. Yep. Um, it's an enchantment rare. Whenever an opponent discards a creature card, go ahead and put a zombie in play. Whenever they discard a land card, go ahead and add two black mana to your mana pool. And if they discard anything else, go ahead and draw a card. So this card also makes them discard cards, right? Nope. Um, does it, you know, draw cards that make them discard cards? That could. It's a bit possible, I guess, if you make a discard a card first. <laughs> uh, we, we made a new duffing enchantment as yes, the magic community. We did. Well, they asked us to. We <laughs> We are they a goddamn said, disgrace. They said, make a do-nothing enchantment, and we did. Oh. Uh, now, I, I didn't actually add to this at all, but I wish And I that's, that's our fault. I wish I did. We're yeah. the reason that this card is no good. Well, okay. Ryan was bringing this up to me. Okay. This is complete. Sorry, this is completely off-limited, but this card in Raven's Crime is actually a pretty sweet combo. Okay. But, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, Wish is Familiar is up next. It's a vanilla 2-3 three for 3, and that's fine in most uh, sets. It's a frog. Yep. If it were a zombie, it might help out some of those other cards. Yep. We got a Zathrid Slyblade, two colors and a black for a human assassin, uncommon. Two and Hexproof. Uh, annoying already. Yep. Uh, pay three colors and a black until end of turn. It loses Hexproof. Yay! It gains first strike and death touch. Double yay! I think this card is actually a really cool design, and it's probably a pretty good card. But it definitely slants more towards good design than good card. Like, I think it's good. Uh, and I really like the design, yeah. Yeah, the amazing. design's sweet. It's just that the the activated ability is so expensive that I don't know how good it actually is. Yeah, for sure. sure. Speaking of expensive activated abilities, Zoff Shade is next. Uh, three and a black for a 2-2 two, two common shade. You can pay two and a black to give Zoff Shade plus two plus two until end of turn. These are nice little... Like, shades have always been nice, you know... Late, late available picks to act as finishers in your black picks. Totally. Uh, and based upon the rest of black, like this card actually seems kind of good. Which is sad. It's sad. But, yeah, true. All right, moving on to red. Act on impulse. We got two colors in a red for sorcery. It is uncommon. Exile the top three cards of your library until end of turn. You move play the card. The play cards exiled this way. Not for free. No, nope. pay the cost. Gotta pay the cost as well as three mana. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, what? what's the best case scenario here? You pay three mana. You, you get may, one land. You maybe get a land drop off of it yep. if you haven't played a land already. And then you have, what, a 15% chance of playing something else? Like, because you've already spent three of your mana? This card is so bad. Yep. Seems really bad. Uh, just, yeah, that's no, about all no I'll say. No moss. Uh, speaking of a bad card, this one I like. Aggressive Mining. Three and a red uh, for an enchantment. It's a rare. It says you can't play lands. Uh, and then it says sacrifice a land, colon, draw two cards, activate this ability only once per turn. Holy crap, I just got it. I know. I knew that this was designed by Marcus Person, but this is literally Minecraft. Oh, yeah, picture. there's a Minecraft picture. <laughs> this is like the worst Necropotence variant they've ever printed, and that's why I like it. But I think the card is, you know, kind of bad. 
Yeah. It's one of those cards that if you draw it and you or draw it like in a top deck war after you have like ten lands in play or something. Oh, it's amazing. Then it's really good. Yeah. But in any other sort of game, it's pretty bad. Yep. Uh next up. Altac Bloodseeker, one colorless and a red. Uncommon human berserker, two one. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, weird. Uh it gets plus two plus so gains first strike and haste. Double weird. Yeah. Uh, I guess you kill a creature before you attack with it, and it's all good. Or you kill a creature <laughs> after you've attacked and they've declared blockers, and not only are you removing one of their creatures, you are Getting combat tricking strike, this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the best use of this card. But it's also a Goblin Piker, which is on curve for being fine. Yeah. Quick aside, all tack seems like whatever the next set that comes out is going to be like because this the flavor of this card like the art and that name like doesn't bring up anything else to me mm-hmm. so it makes me think like this is something we're going to see more okay. creatures dying cool. and effects uh belligerent slurry is up next so belligerent um it's a two two for two and a red and sliver creatures you control have this creature can't be blocked except by two or more creatures so unlike a lot of the other slivers, except for the white one, this one is actually reasonable on its own. It's an evasive 2-2 two, two for 3, so that's fine. Yep. Uh, Blast Fire Bolt. Would you like to pay 6 mana to deal 5 damage to a creature, Greg? Um, what else do I get? You can destroy equipment that are attached to the creature. Flame Slash used to cost 1 red mana to deal 4 damage to a creature. I'm just saying. But you're getting 1 more damage. I'm just saying. One more damage for five more mana seems like a good deal. Is that... And all the equipment dies? And all the equipment! Woo! Yeah, so uh, we're paying a lot of mana to kill creatures here, but uh, it it's an sadly instant. still playable. Yeah, sadly still, you know, not that bad. Um, and honestly, this is one of the worst red burn spells you're going to see, and it's still pretty good. Like, the yeah. burn spells in this set are yeah. actually very nice. That's true. Uh, Borderland Marauder is up next. One in a red for a one-two. Ugh. It's common, but whenever Borderland Marauder attacks, it gets plus two plus so until in turn. So when it's attacking, it's a three two, yeah. and that is awesome. freaking sweet. Yeah. yeah, this card quite good. I mean, I think it's a backbone of uh, the red deck. Yeah, we something like this. I was just talking about how like we used to get good red removal spells. Um, we used to be glad to play Iron Claw Orcs and Mog Flunkies. Yep, and this card is just just totally outclasses those cards. So that that's nice. That just tells you a lot about magic design over the past five years. Yep. Uh, Brood Keeper. Three colorless and a red. This is a human shaman uncommon. It's a 2-3 for four. Whenever an aura becomes attached... Oh, God, I stopped reading. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You put a 2-2 red dragon creature token of flying onto the battlefield. It has fire breathing. Yeah, that's good. The Unburnt. First Uh, of her name. Queen of the Andals, the Roinar, (laughs) and the First Men. Breaker of Chains and Mother of Dragons. <laughs> they got the hair color wrong in the art. They totally did. But, uh... Sweet helmet, though. Or the crown. Yeah, it's more of a crown. Yeah, I think, um... If you're playing Auras, I guess this is good. Ugh. Don't don't play this card, guys. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a fun build around. Like, this is another one that, like, if I see this first pick in, like, late in the format, you know? Auras deck? Yeah. Sure. Or, I mean, Team Sealed, where you can, like, maybe get, like, two of these, a bunch of auras, and maybe some of those white cards, go search them up. Like, I, I can imagine a pile coming together where a red and white deck could just 
use this card. Not have this card be insane, but have it be, like, you know, pretty good. I think you should enjoy your, your free Sunday on day two then, Greg. Yeah, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking to do that. I'm, never mind. I'm just uh, kidding. Speaking of sweet auras, <laughs> this is the sweetest. Burning Anger, four colors and a red for a rare aura. Enchanted Creature has tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's incredible. Like, assuming this resolves, you can get your card back immediately by just killing one of their dudes. Yep. And if you get to use it like more than that, you just com- completely dominate the game. Yeah, you just don't. You just won the game. Yeah. yeah it, the fact that it can dome players as well is insanity. Yeah. yeah. Like how? Remember the there was a green enchantment that I think cost one less than that that let you fight. Basically, yes. A while ago, predatory something. Mm-hmm. And that card originally looked like kind of mediocre, but it ended up being really good. Yeah. This is so much yeah. better. It's like just souls firing <laughs> over and over yeah. again instead of fighting. Yeah. It's like the difference between, what is that, pit fight and um, fall the hammer. Yeah. Well, Which, plus, fall the hammer doesn't hit players. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway. Uh, Planeswalker. Yeah. Chandra Pyromaster. Same one we had last time. Uh, I'm not going to read the abilities, because you should know them. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Uh, Circle of Flame is up next. One in red for an uncommon enchantment. Whenever a creature without flying attacks you or a planeswalker you control, deals one damage to that creature. It's a nice sideboard card against tokens and just, you know, cheap ground guys in general. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Clear Path, not so nice a sideboard card. Uh, We got one red sorcery, destroy target creature with defender. I mean, there is a wall in every color. (laughs) So is it worth... Probably siding not. a card Probably in not. to kill that card. Probably not. No vent sentinels, so... Yeah. Sorry, Hogan. Uh, Cone of Flame is up next. This card is a sweet one. Three red red for an uncommon sorcery. It deals one damage to target creature player, two damage to another target creature player, and three damage to a third target creature player. This card is potentially a three for one, potentially just a two for one. Uh, if they only have one thing, one creature you want to target, you can always dome yourself for one and still cast this card. This card is pretty sweet. Yep. Really good. Uh, happy to have sweet burn spells like that. Crowd's favors next. Uh, one red. It has Convoke, so you can tap a red creature to cast instead. Instant target creature gets plus and plus zone against first strike until end of turn. This will be one of those things where you're going to have to start playing around tapped out opponents. Yeah. Because uh, it is good enough to play. So This is going to blow people out in the first you know, two weeks the set is out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Crucible is Fire is up next. It's an unplayable reprint. We'll just keep going. Forge Devil's up next. Uh, loved this card in its original set. One red for a 1-1. Forge Devil's enters the battlefield, deals one to a creature and one to you. Um, the the thing about this card was in that set, one toughness was really common. It seems and, like it's common in this set, too. It, it might be. I mean... Again, we haven't done our analysis yet, and I would like to do that to really understand how good Forge Devil is. But uh, truthfully, like, if there's enough of them, this card is like, solid, really good. Yeah, yeah. It, it does like all the tokens that are running around, all the X ones, like the Swift Claw, like that zombie guy. Like these are cards that people are going to play, and this can just kill one of them and then trade off with something else. Like right. even if it kills something like a two one and then trades off with a Soldier token, like. That's probably worth the one mana that you yep. spent on it. Uh, Foundry Street Denizen is up next. Uh, this is a bad one drop. Um, 
Whenever another red creature enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. It's a one-one. Um, it is a goblin, which can matter. Uh, but with that said, like outside of curve outs, this card is just not going to do enough in most games. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of like, you know, ways to put multiple red creatures onto the battlefield in a turn. Like there are no combos with it. Totally. Have anything to say about it? Nah. Started scrolling away. Uh, next card is Frenzied Goblin. This guy shows up in some cubes. Um, one red for a 1-1. One, one. Whenever it attacks, you may pay a red. If you do, tar- target creature can't block this turn. It's a pretty solid 1-mana one 1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah. has a, yeah, powerful single ability that's cheap to use. So. Yeah, he's either like a, I don't know, a bad falter one time at the worst, yeah. or he's a reusable falter, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Generator Servant is up next, one in a red for a 2-1 elemental at common. You can tap it and sacrifice it to add two mana to your mana pool. If that mana is spent on a creature spell, it gains haste until end of turn. What do you think of this card? Really powerful. Um... Seems crazy that we're getting this kind of benefit on a Goblin Piker when that used to be the standard common for red. Yeah. Like, this ability... I mean, ramping two is a lot. Yeah. I, anyone who's played Soul Ring knows. Um, not this is this close isn't to Soul that. Ring, but, sure, but the but one-time it, effect the, the, is often worth giving up on a Goblin Piker. Yeah, the fact that you play your Piker, you get in for two, they outclass it, you way outclass them, and then... Yeah, really cool You're design of this card. I like that. Yeah, and very aggressively slotted in a common. Yep. So, I think it makes sense that we're not seeing a, a bunch of large creatures in other colors. We haven't got to green yet, which is where most of the large creatures are. But like, if yeah. there were a lot of big fatties running around with this card, it would be maybe too good. Yes, and I do with that in mind. I do think red green might be the deck to beat. Those seem like the two best colors, and we'll get to green, but. Uh, Goblin Kaboomist. Uh, we got Colorless and Red for a Goblin Warrior. He's a rare. He's a 1-2 for 2. The beginning of your upkeep put a Colorless Artifact token named Landmine onto the battlefield with 1 red, sack it. This deals 2 damage to target attacking creature without flying. Then flip a coin. If you lose the flip, the Kaboomist deals 2 damage to itself. Um, I, it's hard to evaluate. I think this card is sweet. Seems pretty good. It's super fun, and it, it actually does seem good to me. At the very least, you get one landmine. And that's not the worst, because you're essentially paying... You'll pay one red red to deal two damage to target attacking creature without flying. Yeah, which is below par, but that's only half... Like That's, that's the, that's the, the ultimate, worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario of this card. Yes. Um, well, I guess worst case scenario is you play and they kill it before you, your well, upkeep comes Then right. they're killing your two mana That's spell. right. Now, the one thing to keep in mind here is that if you can somehow boost the toughness up above two... Then he can do it forever. Like, if you have the, the Paragon in red, yeah. like, he can just... You get unlimited landmines every upkeep. Yep. So, I, I think this card is actually pretty good. I mean, I don't know if it's a high pick, necessarily, but I do think it's powerful. Yeah, it might be top five, like, first pick one through five or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Goblin Rabble Master is next. Two in a red for a 2-2 rare Goblin Warrior. Other Goblin creatures you control attack each turn of Fable. That's not good. Nope. Uh, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, put a 1-1 red Goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield. That's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, then it has to attack. Um, whenever Goblin Rabble Master attacks, it gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn for each other attacking Goblin. So it doesn't pump your team, it just pumps himself. Seems good. 
I mean, we had, uh, what was the enchantment from shards that did this? When just put a goblin into play, attacking every turn? Yeah. Yeah, that card was good. I, I, I think it's funny, because this is like a goblin lord type of creature. But kind of. Kind <laughs> of. But with, in the sense that, like, I don't necessarily want to play this if I have a lot of other goblins in my deck. Right. Because I don't want to force myself to attack. Right. The, the last ability on him is not really the relevant one. It's the, it's the making tokens every turn that's relevant. Right. But, I mean, it seems fine, and if you're in, I don't know, a goblin deck, it'll be fun to, like, build around this and see if it works. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, goblin Rough Rider. We've got two colors in red for 3-2 Goblin Knight common. I've seen this guy many times. He's just fine. Unpopular opinion alert. I think this might be... I might like this card more than Oresco's Swift Claw. What's... Why? <laughs> I mean, two toughness. Even but one more man. Even even it might be worth it. I just format dependent. I, I, again, I don't know that for sure, but I think that the set analysis might show that one toughness is a bit of a liability. I could be wrong. I'm yeah, probably wrong. I mean, there's Forge Devil. There's the the black minus one minus one. There's and just a lot of one one tokens running around. Yeah, that's fair. Know. Yeah. Uh, Hammerhand. Oh, I, I go should. ahead. Hammerhand. <laughs> Aura, one color or one red. Uh enchant creature when Hammerhand enters the battlefield, target creature can't block this turn. Uh enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has haste. So uh, like a modal aura. It's uh, it's fun, cool. but I think you're gonna cut this most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, I could see it working to your advantage though. It's it's nice because it I mean it does two things, right? Yeah, it's a falter, it'll pump a dude, it'll give a guy haste. Does all those things at once. It's okay, but it just I think it's probably a little too insignificant. Yep. Uh Heat Ray is next. It's an uncommon X and a red. For an instant, deals X damage to target creature. The red burn spells in this format are sweet. Yeah, that's a good card. Yeah, that's a really nice one. Uh Hoarding Dragon, three colors and two red for a rare dragon, four four flying. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for an artifact, exile it. Hoarding Dragon dies, you get to pick that card up in your hand. Uh, five mana, four, four, flying. All right. Yep. Another <laughs> card that's better in than an elemental. Yep. Inferno Fist is next. One in a red for a common aura. Enchant creature you control. It gets plus two plus so, and you can pay a red and sacrifice Inferno Fist. It deals two damage to target creature or player. It's an interesting shock variant. I, mean, I like it. It's more risky than a straight two damage spell, but it has a little bit more upside. Right. Yeah, I like this card. I yep. like cards that do multiple things. Yeah, so. that's a sweet one. Uh, Curd Chieftain. Here we go. Four mana for 3-3. Three, three. Uh, it's already a hill giant. Pretty happy there. Curd Chieftain gets plus one, plus one, as long as you control a forest. All right, now it's 4-4. Four, four. And pay five with the green. And target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains trample until end of turn. Big wolf. Yeah, this is the other one I might splash for. Yeah. Like, if I'm in one of the colors, I might splash for the second color. Totally. And it's probably better to splash the green part, because a hill giant's just fine. Yeah. Uh, Krenko's Enforcer is next. It's a 2-2 Goblin Warrior at common for one red-red, and it has Intimidate. A nice, cheap little evasive dude. Uh-huh. But if red is as good as we think it is... Uh, Pretty common. More color. people might be paying red. And if there is the artifact sub-theme, more people would be playing artifact creatures, possibly. Not Maybe not as good as it looks on paper. True. 
but I still think it'll be fine. Yeah, totally, totally playable. Uh, we got Kirkish Anaki Ancient, whatever that means. <laughs> two colorless and two red, legendary creature, ogre spirit, rare. It's a 4-3 for 4. Solid. Whenever you activate an ability of an artifact, if it isn't a man ability, you may pay a red. If you do, copy the ability. You may choose new targets. Probably not relevant. Yeah, probably not relevant at all. Borderland Minotaur is still a playable card. Yep. Uh, speaking of the fringest of playable cards, Lava Axe is next. Five mana to deal five damage to target player. I mean, it seems like red's going to be aggressive, so this will have a home in some decks, but in general, this is a 23rd card. Uh, or a sideboard card. Right. Uh, we are currently playing with Lightning Strike, so you all know that. And it's good. Very good. Yep. Red is good. Red is really good. Red has, like, a lot of good cards. We keep saying they're good, and yeah. they are good. And we're not done. We're only in L of the <laughs> A to Z. Uh, Might Makes Right is next, which is a really dumb name for a magic card. Five and a red for an uncommon enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control each creature on the battlefield with the greatest power, gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. So if you have the biggest creature, or like all the creatures with the highest toughness are tied and they're on your side, you get a threat in every turn. Which will close up the game fast, but at that point, aren't you winning already? Yeah, that's the thing. This is a win more... Do nothing, six man enchantment. Yeah, so, so don't play. Yeah, be afraid. <laughs> uh, Miner's Bane, four colorless and two red, six three elemental. It's common. You pay three to give it plus one plus zero oh and gain trample. So it's pretty easily blocked and killed. Too easy. Yeah, for six mana, gonna need more butt on my guy. I mean, if this is the top of your curve in an aggressive deck, I could see it, but even then, I'd rather have something else. Uh, red Paragon is up next, 4 mana for a 2-2 that pumps all your other red creatures, and you can pay a red and tap it to give another red creature you control haste until end of turn. I think this one might be one of the better ones, just because red has a lot of, like, small, aggressive dudes. Totally, yeah. I mean, giving haste is po- is pretty powerful, like, recurring on a useful card, I should say. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think that's it's probably the best one, especially because it seems to be in the best color. Mm-hmm. This one and the black one seem like the two most powerful of the Paragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Rummaging Goblin. Two colors and a red for a 1-1. One, one. Uh, tap it to discard a card and then draw a card. Reverse looter. Uh, better than the blue looter. Better than the blue looter, for sure. Um, That's awesome that red gets a better looter than blue. <laughs> blue Blue gets two Wrath of Gods, though, so... Yeah. The wacky set. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Playable and whatever. Scrapyard Mongrel. Three colorless and a red. Creature Hound. Common. 3-3. Three, three, so Hill Giant. As long as you control an artifact, it gets plus two plus zero and has trample. So mostly just a Hill Giant. Yeah, and that's fine. Yep. Uh, Shrapnel Blast is up next. Another card that cares about artifacts. It's an uncommon instant for one and a red. As an additional cost, you have to sacrifice an artifact. It deals five damage to target creature or player. Super powerful, but again, it does it force you to play bad cards? Is that yeah. worth it? I mean, I think in most cases it's not going to be. Yeah, I don't think this is good enough. Uh, Siege Dragon. Five colorless and two red. Better be big. Five, five flying. Pretty big. Uh, when Siege Dragon enters the battlefield, destroy all walls your opponent controls. Super, yeah. super important. Eat it, Hogan. Uh, whenever Siege Dragon attacks, the defending player controls no walls. Probably don't. 
<laughs> it deals two damage to each creature without flying that player controls. So uh, Just mowing down Heron Hall. <laughs> the first ability, or not including flying, not that relevant. Second one, kind of relevant. Yeah. Uh, but o- for seven mana, overall seven mana, probably not be picking this high. Yeah. Uh, next up is the Red Soul. Much better. Uh, six mana for a six six first strike. <laughs> this one's abilities are ridiculous. You pay three colorless and two red to activate it. Uh, it deals three damage to target player and three damage to up to one target creature that player controls. Uh, and again, you can exile the soul of Chandelar and pay that same mana cost from the graveyard to have it do the same thing. Three damage to a player and three damage to up to one target creature that player controls. This one seems like the best one. Can we call us the best card in the entire set? It's possible. Um, again, I didn't get to review all the green cards yet, so, but of what I saw, yes. I think it's the best card in the set. Because... You don't even have to attack for this to end the game. It's like you put up this big stop sign, it's 6 6 first strike. And then you just say, okay, either kill me or I'm going to just burn you to death. Yeah, and your creatures. And your creatures. And eventually when I'm done doing that, maybe I will attack. I'm not sure. I, don't, I might not need to. <laughs> yeah. uh, stoke the Flames. Two colors and two red, instant, uncommon. Scott Kimboke. Um Stoke the Flames deals four damage to target creature or player. Yes! Wow. So we're getting infinite Great Burn, and it's awesome. Life is good for the Red Mage. The Red Mage is happy. I'm finally at home in a core set, Jeff. I picked a good one to come back to. You did. You did. Uh, Thundering Giant is next. Five mana for a 4-3 haste. It's a giant. It's always been 23rd-ish. Yeah, it's fine. You want your five drops to be better than this, but you'll play it. Yep. Uh, We got Torchfiend back. Uh, 2-1 Goblin Piker that Sacks to destroy artifacts. Um, I mean, it's technically has an artifact theme in it. Yeah. But, so he's maybe a little bit better than normal. And that, that's the thing is, like, the less experienced players will try and geek out on the artifact stuff. So this card gains value. Yeah. You know, Wall of Fire is next. Uh, one red, red for an 05 defending wall. At common, you can pay a red dig of it plus one plus O. Oh. It's a blocker <laughs> in a red deck, and red decks don't usually want to block. Real quick. Uh huh. Flavor police. Uh, that dragon that kills walls yeah. totally shouldn't kill this wall. That <laughs> is a great point. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> we got Ancient Silverback. Big, bad Silverback. Uh, this is a reprint. Six mana, four colors, two green. For a six, five, pay one to regenerate it. One green. Uh, he's an ape. And he's big and bad and I'm bad as in scary. Yeah, in most cases, or not most, but in many cases, it'll be correct to look at this as a 7-drop, so you can leave up that extra green to regenerate it. Yep. Especially against the black maze. Yep. Uh, Back to Nature is uh, up next. This is a sideboard card. One and a green for an uncommon instant. Destroy all enchantments. And Back to Nature 2 will have hoverboards. (laughs) Carnivorous Moss Beasts. Four colors, two green. This one's a common. He's a 4-5. Alright, yeah. that's not great for the cost. No. Five colorless and two green, put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Ooh, I don't want to do that. I hate when they like take a really cool card name <laughs> and make the card kind of <laughs> shitty. Carnivorous Moss Beast is definitely shitty. I probably like, like my favorite name in the set, actually. I'm sorry. Charging Rhino is next. This guy's reasonable. Three green green for a 4-4 four, four Rhino. It can't be blocked by more than one creature. I mean, it's pretty vanilla, but... You know. This guy was powerful in whatever set he was in, which I can't remember. I think it was like Mirage or something originally. Okay. Well, maybe I'm thinking of a or different... Tempest, maybe? I was thinking of a draft thing 
Maybe it was like, uh, like one of those like, uh, never oh, mind. like Masters Edition. Yeah, Masters Edition sets. Yeah, he was really good in that. But uh, this card's solid. Yeah, good. Uh, Court of Calling, rare. But it's in most cubes. I don't know. Is it on your cube? I don't know. I think uh, it is. Uh, three green and X. It's got Convoke. It's an instant. Uh, go search your library for a creature that costs X or less. Put it on the battlefield. Clap your hands. Say yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is an expensive way to tutor up a creature, um, but if you can get your best creature with it, it's good. Or if you have, like, a toolbox of things to get, like a, I don't know, a Frost Lynx or a Typhoid Rats, like, stuff that is cheap to get, and you can kind of cheat into play. This card is sweet. I mean, yeah. Yeah, play- it's fine. Playable and modern, it's probably good in draft. Yep. Uh, Elvish Mystic is Ooh. next. One mana for 1-1 one, one that you can tap to add a green to your mana pool. Uh, probably the best green common, like always. Yeah, I mean, this card is always good. Uh, Feral Incarnation, eight colorless in a green. All right, we got Convoke in there. Oh, I was about to pass. <sighs> it's uncommon. Put three, three, three green beast creature tokens onto the battlefield. It really seemed like this was going to be a red card. Yeah. It's like they're like summoning dragons. Yeah. And then I think eventually they're like, put some like, uh, recommission, like put some antlers or some sticks coming out of the dragons. Yeah, I don't think I like this card. I don't hate it. Um, I mean, if you look at it in terms of like the net number of creatures, you get three. Let's say you spend three convokes on it. Then the cost comes down to six mana. Six mana for three three threes. It's good. It's good. It it assumes that you have those first three creatures, though, and that's why it's bad, I think. Yeah. With that said, like it, it's not the worst. Yeah. I probably won't complain it, but... <laughs> Now, this is a Convoke spell I'll play. Gather Courage. One mana for an uncommon green instant. It used, used to be a common, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, convoke. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So, like the red one, you have to play around, you know, untapped green creatures as well as untapped forests. Yeah. This card's really powerful, though. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna win so many games in the early drafts. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Genesis Hydra. X green green. It's a plant Hydra weird uh when you cast it reveal the top x cards of your library you may put non-land permanent cards with current advantage cost extra less from among them onto the battlefield shuffle your library then it enters the battlefield with that many plus one plus one counters designed by george fan i don't know who you are who's he a fan of uh himself and genesis wave did this for one more green is that right yeah well, oh this, but it hit this, lands well and this only hits one thing <laughs> no you may oh, put a, a non-land permanent. Okay. So it's, it's still a sweet two-for-one if you can like plan around it and yeah. like, cast it for enough based upon your mana curve. Yeah, probably quite good in draft. Yeah, it seems solid. Uh, another sweet one, Hornet's Nest is next. Two and a green for a rare. It's an insect. It's an O2 defender. Whenever it's dealt damage, put that many 1-1 one, one green insect creature tokens with flying and death touch onto the battlefield. So... Can't attack you with anything big. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> playing against this is going to be a nightmare. Yep. Like... You can't deal it one damage. Definitely not. You don't want to deal it more than two. I mean, you don't even really want to deal it two. You want to get rid of this thing somehow else. Yep. And I don't know, there aren't that many ways to do that without dealing damage. So this is a sweet one. Yep. Speaking of Hornets, Hornet Queen. uh, Four colors and three green for a 2-2 flying. Woo. Uh, (laughs) 
She's got Death Touch, at least. And when she enters the battlefield, put four 1-1 one, one <laughs> green insect tokens on the battlefield with Death Touch. So This card is really good. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. It's not a 2-2 two, two flying. It's a 6-6 six, six flying with a million Death Touches. Yeah, you just totally shut down basically anything your opponent's trying to do when you cast this card. Yep. They can't attack you again. Seven mana when the game <laughs> is a nice one. Yeah. Uh, Hunt the Week is up next. Three and a green for a sorcery. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Then that creature fights a target creature that you don't control. Powerful. Yeah, powerful, clunky, because it costs four. But, I mean, green doesn't usually get good removal spells. And this is decent enough. So yeah. you're going to play it in your green decks. Especially, like, green-white, green-blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we got Hunter's Ambush. Kind of another removal spell. Two colorless and a green instant. Prevent all combat damage that will be dealt by non-green creatures this turn. Probably one of the best fogs Green has ever had. Yeah, it's my thought exactly. Like as far as fogs go, this is one of the best ones. Yeah, I mean you can actually you know get card advantage with this. Yeah, this will be like that white one that did essentially the same thing. <laughs> oh yeah, what was that card? Safe Passage. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was a nice one. Um, invasive Species is up next. Two and a green for a 3-3 insect. It says when invasive species enters the battlefield, return another permanent you control to its owner's hand. So, land? Yeah, land typically, but you might be able to abuse some enter the battlefield triggers with this. Um, Maybe maybe pick up a Hornet Queen. Yeah, (laughs) if you're lucky. I, I actually don't know how good this card is. Like, the tempo loss is pretty bad if you are returning a land. If you have, like, elf... Turn one, turn three, this, return a land. Yeah. Like, that. that's something, for sure. Like, yeah. that's a deck. <laughs> you almost feel like this should be a 3-4 or something. Like, it should be better than just a 3-mana three 3-3, three, three because yeah, I mean, it well, feels like more of a drawback than a benefit. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of Rogue Elephant, which was yeah. one mana for this effect. So this is, like, it's different <laughs> than that. It's not strictly worse or better, because... Has more application. Right. The rogue elephant, you had to sacrifice the land, or maybe even a forest. I can't remember. I think it's just the land. And then this is, you know, you, you get the land back in your hand, so at least you can, you don't lose it all together. Right. Um, I think it's fine, but I don't think it's great. Yep. All right. Colonian Twin Grove. We got a six mana star star, tree folk. Uh, his power and toughness is each equal to the number of forests you control, so it could be big. And when he comes into play, go ahead and put another one of them into play, pretty much. Yeah, you get two. So you get a token that's a copy. If you have three forests, you get two three threes for six mana. But then, have, then if you play more forests, they, they grow. get bigger. It's not like yeah, it's not like they get yeah. counters based upon the number yeah. of forests. So I think cast. this is a really solid six mana. Spell. Yeah, it's a really good stabilizing play um, if you're like behind and playing control. Uh, with that said, they're just vanilla dudes. They don't do a whole lot. Yeah, you get two creatures for one card though. Yeah, no, it's always nice. always solid. Uh, Life's Legacy is up next. One and a green for a sorcery. It's a rare. It says an additional cost. Sacrifice a creature. Draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Meh. Yeah, I mean it's a sorcery too, which makes it really bad, really yeah. clunky. This is probably just a do nothing card. You don't want to play that. Living Totem, three colors and a green creature, plant elemental. It's got Convoke. It's a 2-3. Well, that's pretty good. Four mana, 2-3 Convoke. When Living Totem enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on another target creature. I like it. Yeah, I don't like that it can't target itself. Yeah. True. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, I think it's good. Naturalize is the next sideboard card. Keep moving. Yep. Netcaster Spider, two colors and a green 
Spider Reach 2-3, already awesome. Uh, when it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus 2 plus 0, so it can kill big-ass flyers. Yeah, this is like already more aggressively costed than your typical, you know, two four spider. Yep. And the fact that it can trade with dragons and air elementals makes it better. I think. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, speaking of better, this might be one of the best cards in the set. Uh, Nissa World Waker, uh, three green green for Planeswalker. Starts with three loyalty. She's a mythic. First ability plus one. Target land you control becomes a four four elemental creature with trample. It's still a land that is saucy. Um, <laughs> stays a land or stays a creature. Stays a creature. Doesn't revert back. Um, with that said, if you play this on turn five, all your lands are going to be tapped. The creature you create will be tapped, so you can't necessarily protect her that turn. I feel like that makes her more of a six drop. Yep, for sure. Uh, second ability plus one. Untap up to four target forests. Yeah, or you could just untap four forests and play something. Yeah, play something else to protect her. Um, and, I mean, in limited, you might not always have four forests. It might be like two or three. Sure. Uh, and the ultimate is minus seven. Search your library for any number of basic land cards, then put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Those lands become four four elemental creatures with trample. They're still lands. Yeah, the ridiculous thing about this ultimate is that it's a real thing. Like, because she only has plus abilities, like, you have to worry about it. Yeah. Like, and that's frightening because it ends the game immediately. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did make her essentially cost six with three loyalty. So it's going to take a while to get up to that point. Right. But it's very similar to like um, Elspeth where yeah, it's, she's just going to keep growing and she's going to keep making it harder for you to, to get to her. Yeah, this card seems pretty unfair. And I don't think that... Like, I think this is another one of those Planeswalkers where as soon as you can cash in the ultimate, like, don't get greedy, just do it. Yeah, of course. Like, just throw her away, get your army of 4 fours, because not only... Yeah, and attack with half of them. Yes, yeah, so get blown out by one of those blue out. cards. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but she's super good. Easy first pick. Easy, like, build around. You know, just get a bunch of dudes to protect her, and then, you know, start making 4-4 four, four tramples. Yep. I can't believe the tokens have trample. The That's land silly. trample. It's yeah. really good. Alright, Nissa's Expedition. Four colors and a green, Convoke, Sorcery, Uncommon. Search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield, tap, and shuffle your library. Too expensive. Yeah, I think this is like the point where I think we need to talk about Convoke a little bit, and how it's probably going to slow down the format to some extent, because either you're going to be paying full cost for these types of cards, and maybe not this one in particular, but some of the other Convoke cards we've seen, mm-hmm. or you're going to be, you know, taking tempo away, missing out on attacks to cast these cards. Um, I don't know if this one is especially playable. I mean, if you're really trying to ramp or fix, I can see it. But at the same time, like, five mana, even with Convoke, is just like, ugh. No thanks. Totally, yeah. Uh, next up is Overwhelm, another Convoke card. This is five green-green for a Uncommon Sorcery. Uh, it gives all creatures you control plus three, plus three until end of turn. So it's not quite overrun, because... You probably have to tap, like, at least one creature to cast it. And the sad thing is, no is that creature gets big, yeah. and it's tapped. It's tapped. Um, doesn't give trample either, so, I mean, it is a very powerful card. There's no doubt about that. Uh, definitely a little bit better if you have some evasive dudes. I think it's pretty bad in general, though. It was okay originally. Yeah. It, if you can convoke it with some smaller dudes, like, if you have a token strategy going... It does seem like there aren't that many tokens in green. I mean, no. there are a few, but mm-hmm. not a lot. Yep. 
Um, let's go to the last Paragon. Paragon of Eternal Wilds. Three colors and green for 2-2. Two, two. Other green creatures get plus one, plus one. And its ability is tap a green and tap it to give something trample. This might be the worst one. Yeah. Uh, the green creatures are pretty big, too. Yep. Uh, Phyto... Titan. Phyto Titan, thank you. Uh, four green green for a 7-2. Plant elemental is a rare. Whenever it dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of his or her next upkeep. So it's like every other turn you get him. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really die. The art on this card is sweet. Yeah, uh, really but with sweet. that said, meh. Yeah. Six mana. <laughs> I think I would probably play this over some other six mana stuff, but... Yeah. Not the best, for sure. Yeah, I'd almost rather just have, like, a 6-6, six, six because that thing's probably not dying yeah. very often anyway. Uh, Plummet is next. Destroy a creature with flying for two mana at instant speed. That's a nice sideboard card. Yeah, it I doesn't don't... seem main deckable, though. No. We've had corsets where it was, but not this one. Um, Ranger's Guile. Uh, green instant target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains hexproof until end of turn. Uh, like this card. It's a fine trick. Yeah, always liked it. Uh, Reclamation Sage is up next. Two and a green for a 2-1 uncommon elf. Shaman, when it enters the battlefield, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. So another decent sideboard card, which in a pinch you can main deck because it doesn't, it won't hit your own stuff if you don't want it to. Totally. <clears throat> um, restock, three colors, two green, sorcery, return two target cards from your graveyard to your hand, exile it. Uh, just some value, pretty expensive, not amazing in like weaker limited formats like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty big loss of tempo just to draw two cards. Yep. Uh, Roaring Primadox is next. It's a 4-4 four, for four, 4. It's a beast. At the beginning of your upkeep, return a creature card you control to its owner's hand. Haven't seen a whole lot of ways to exploit this. We'll get to one in a minute with Seder Wayfinder. I mean, we all know what that does. <laughs> yes, but, we do. Uh, Kill yourself pretty fast. <laughs> right, but I mean, you could gain a little bit extra value. For sure. Anyway. Um, yeah, we've had uh, Stampeding Wildebeest. Wildebeest that did this, too. Mm -hmm. Those were always just, just fine. Uh, yeah. So. I think it'll be good. Runeclaw Bear. Literally a grizzly bear. <laughs> grizzly bear in every way except for name. Yeah. Uh, and then the Seder Wayfinder <laughs> is next. We talked about that. Uh, just getting back to the Primadox, just a, a cheap 2-2 like a Runeclaw Bear to return is often fine. Yeah, yeah. worth the 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Uh, next up is Shaman of Spring. Three and a green for a 2-2 two, two Elf Shaman at common. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. How do you feel about this Striped Bears? Could return that. And play it over again <laughs> for four mana return. Yeah, not the best value there. I think it's. <sighs> I mean, it's okay. Like you recoup the card when you cast it. You have a two-two, which isn't totally irrelevant. And then it can sit there and convoke things. It can block and trade off. And you've essentially two for one. It depends on how slow the format is. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and how relevant a two-two is. I think a two-two is quite relevant, though. Yeah, it seems decent enough. Yeah. All right. Next is Siege Worm. Five colors, two green, convoke, five five trample. Uh, this guy was kind of a staple of uh, Ravnica um, block, where yeah. he originally was like, oh, seven mana for five five trample, I don't know. And then it's like, oh, nope, this might be one of the best green commons. It's also one of the most boner, yeah, riffic cards they've ever illustrated. Definitely a big old boner. <laughs> Soul of Zendikar is up next, six mana for a six six reach. And you can pay five, uh, three, and two green to put a three-three green beast creature onto the battlefield, and pay five and exile it from a graveyard <laughs> to do the same thing. So this one also seems very, very good. Yeah, a nice stop sign that will just grind Takes out a game. game yeah, fast. it's just like I'm gonna start making a three-three every turn, 
And you are not going to win through that in most games. Yep. Uh, Sunblade Elf is next. Go ahead. Uh, one mana for a 1-1. One, one. Uh, if you have planes, it's a 2-2. Two, two, and you pay 5 mana and give all your creatures plus 1, plus 1. And 5 mana with a white. With a white, yes. yes. So it's unplayable in green. Uh, <laughs> seems quite good in green white. That's the, this is the one that feels most like an absolute gold card. Yeah. Like, I would only play this if I was playing white green. Yeah. And you wouldn't splash it. Right. Uh, Titanic Growth is next. This is your generic pump spell for the format. One and a green. Target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. Totally reasonable and actually pretty good. Yep. There's a, I mean, there's, we've got two pump spells and one's uncommon, but it's good. Undergrowth Scavenger. Three colors and a green. Uh, Fungus Horror common. Undergrowth Scavenger enters the battlefield with a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the number of creature cards in all graveyards. So, I mean, maybe some kind of Seder Wayfinder shenanigans? Starts as a zero zero too, so it's not like... You have to have at least one creature in a graveyard yeah. before you fire this off. Feeling unplayable. Uh, yeah, outside of, like, a deck that just can randomly abuse it. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, that black guy that mills you, and there's a green guy that mills you, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there might be something happening, but I doubt it. It seems like the black-green self-mill deck is, like, a sub-theme. They're not they're only building it... Yeah, they're just everything. pushing in every set. Uh, Venom Sliver is up next. This is the green one. One and a green for a 1-1. One, one. Sliver creatures you control have Death Touch. So, I mean, 1-1 one, one, one Death Touch for, for one. Yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> sure. Uh, Verdant Haven. Two colors and a green. Enchant land. Verdant Haven enters battlefield. Gain two life. Uh, and tap. Whenever you tap the land for mana, you can add a mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, one of the few ways to fix. Yeah. One of the few ways to fix. This has been like a staple in... Like five color decks in past formats, but that's not really a thing in this one, so yeah, I don't know. So, I, think, I think it's worth playing. The ramp is fine, yeah. and the and the life gain helps you recoup the tempo loss of playing it. Yeah. Uh, Vine Weft is up next. It's an aura for a single green enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus one plus one, and you can pay four and a green to return Vine Weft from your graveyard to your hand. This feels pretty unplayable yeah, to me. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, Wall of Mulch. We got a colorless and a green for an 0-4 defender. You can pay green and sack it to draw a card. Like this card. It's uh, early defense that you just get to cash in later when you don't need it. Yeah, I can't remember what this was originally from. I think it was Onslaught, but it was good there. It seems good here. Onslaught was a pretty core seti right. block. Right. Um, next up is our last uh, mono green card, Yisan the Wanderer Bard. Two and a green for a 2-3 rare. Uh, it's a human rogue, and you can pay two a green and tap him. Put a verse counter on Yusan. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of verse counters on Yusan. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So slow. So slow, but, I mean... Thanks, Brian. You could do some work with this. Yeah, no, I think it's... Uh, it's it's th- three mana, two, three. I mean, it's right. already playable. You don't need to do anything more to make it like worth worth putting in your deck. And there are one mana th- like there's Lanowar elves or not Lanowar elves, but elf mystic in here. <laughs> Plenty of two twos you'll be able to get. Like as soon as you get up to two, you're you're in business. Like yeah. you'll have a target for this almost every time. Totally. As long as you can survive the turns of it not maybe not getting anything. Yeah. Then you're in business. Uh here we go. Garrick <laughs> a- Apex Predator. Uh welcome to the land of Ridiculous Planeswalkers. Five colorless in black and green. He's got five loyalty. Uh, 
four abilities, two plus ones. First one is destroy another target planeswalker. Why Irre- not? Irrelevant and limited. Yeah. Uh, second one is put a 3-3 Black Beast creature token with that death, death touch onto the battlefield. Super sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, why don't you minus 3M to destroy a creature and gain life equal to its toughness? Sure. That seems good, too. Yeah. And then minus 8. Target opponent has, whenever a creature attacks you, you probably lose the game. <laughs> it is a seven mana card. <laughs> it's seven mana. and it, it feels very similar to, like, the other seven plus mana planeswalkers where it's like, oh, like, this card's going to end the game in a couple turns. Yeah. If I can cast this with any sort of, like, stable board position yeah. or semi-stable board position, I'm in a really good spot. Yeah. In the spot of this game's over. Uh, next up is Sliver Hive Lord, uh, Wooberg to cast it. 5-5, five, five, Mythic, Slivers you control are indestructible. So 5-5 yeah, so five, five indestructible for... For uh, an uncastable cost. Uh, this is a pipe dream, don't draft it. Avarice Amulet. Oh, we're on artifacts now. <laughs> Four colorless. It's an equipment. Rare. Equip creature gets plus two, plus so, and vigilance. And, at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card. That's pretty sweet. Uh, cost two to equip, but when a creep creature dies, target opponent gains control of it. Thanks. Yeah, it's a big risk for a big reward, but a big mana cost. So overall, I'm not liking it. Yeah, it seems better in certain colors, like like in blue, where you could bounce this. Yeah. Uh, with that one. Spell. I mean, it gains a little bit of value, but it does seem expensive and risky, so not a high pick in my mind. No. Uh, another equipment is next. Brawler's Plate. Three to cast, four to equip. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has trample. Uh, powerful, of but just too expensive. Yeah, not worth it. Um, Bronze Sable, two mana, two one. Y'all know that card. Y'all. Gargoyle Sentinel is next. Three mana for a three three defender. Uh, it's an uncommon. You can pay three, and it loses Defender and gains Flying until end of turn. This card's fine. Yeah, the card's good. Yep. Uh, here's a busted card. Grind Clock. Two mana. Tap it, put a charge counter on it. Tap it again. Target player puts the top X cards visitor library into his or her graveyard, where X is equal to the number of charge counters on Grind Clock. So what you do is you charge it, I think, up to five or six. I can't remember. And then you kill them in two or three turns. Three turns. Uh, this was in some set and was... <laughs> it was in a set? <laughs> it was in some set and it worked and it was actually pretty decent, so... Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is, like, you can see this card and then, I don't know, maybe bring in some artifact removal if you have it. True. With that said, if they mill that away, you probably won't have many copies. You right. might just lose to it. Right. Um, so the best strategy against this is to just try to beat them down. Right. I mean, luckily, the the nice thing about Grind Clock is that it costs two and can end the game. Without, like, on a on a level that they can't attack or defend against, so like, it, the turn that you cast it, hopefully you're also developing your board in another way. Yeah, or you just run it out there on turn two and sure. you don't have to play, and then it's just all defense after that. Yep. Uh, Haunted plate mails next. This is a reprint as well. Four mana for an equipment. Uh, the equip cost is four as well. Equip creature gets plus four plus four. Now, if you don't have any creatures, you can pay zero, and it says until end of turn, it becomes a four four spirit artifact creature that's no longer an equipment, and you activate that. And yeah, like I said, only if you don't have creatures. This card is actually pretty sweet. Um, 
it is clunky if it's it's better in a deck with fewer creatures for sure. Right. Like a four mana four four is nice. So Yeah, but if you're playing it just as an equipment, it's really clunky. Yeah. Uh next hot soup. <laughs> One mana, three to equip. Uh equipped creature can't be blocked. Whenever equipped creatures dealt damage, destroy it. Not worth it at all. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're playing against a red deck, that this card is straight unplayable. Just in general, like you shouldn't need a card like this to win a game. You shouldn't need something to give unblockability right. for your deck to win. If you're doing if that's something you have to do, your deck is bad. <laughs> right. And so you don't want to find yourself in that. This position. is a weird and that one was was designed by a like a guest designer. It's kind of surprising. It feel it feels very wizardsy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, but I mean it, it's game designery too. You know, it's yeah. like it's not. It's more about flavor than it is about you know, right? A card that you know jumps off the page as being super powerful. Uh, Juggernaut <laughs> is up next. Uh, sweet new art for Juggernaut, by the way. Totally rad. Yeah, four mana for a five three. Uh, it attacks each turn. Available can't be blocked by walls. Hey, somehow a little more relevant. Speaking <laughs> of the new art, new card frame, real quick. Not a fan. No, the extra black space on the bottom looks a little silly and unnecessary. There's a lot of information down there that, you know, is already on the card. Like, I can already tell these cards are in English. Yep. <laughs> Didn't need to know that. Yeah. Uh, meteorite. Five colorless artifact. Uncommon. When it enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to target creature or player. And then you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So, five mana shock with the rock left behind. Seems not good. No, probably not worth it. Yeah. Uh, Obelisk of Erd is up next. Six mana for an artifact is a rare. Convoke, uh, and as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus two, plus two. I mean, if you find yourself in a pretty tribal deck, I could see this being nice, but you should not necessarily pick this early and no. move in on a creature type. <laughs> nope, this is just like get lucky in like your seventh pick of your third pack. <laughs> yeah. And that can happen. Yeah, for sure. I've, I mean, there are a lot of cards like that, and they're usually rares, which is nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, Ornithopter, 0 for a zero 2 flying. Moving on. <laughs> Perilous Vault is up next. Four mana for a mythic. Uh, pay five and tap it. Exile Perilous Vault to exile all non-land permanents. So it's a nine mana Wrathish effect, or yeah. Chroma's Vengeance effect. A little too much money and uh, hard to break in any way, because by the time you're spending this kind of mana, like I'm assuming you have stuff in play. If you don't, how are you not dead? Yeah, I'm wondering if there's a, if there is any way to. We haven't seen any blink effects to abuse no. this. Yeah, I don't know. That's too bad. Uh, next is Phyrexian Revoker, two colorless for a two-one. Uh, it's a rare. As Phyrexian Revoker enters the battlefield, name a non-land card. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated. Kind of like a Planeswalker killer, but also hits, like, mana elves or yeah. other things like that. Any of the soul of blanks. Yep. It's a fine Goblin Piker. Yep. Much better than a Bronze Sable. Profane Memento is up next. One mana for an uncommon. It says, whenever a creature card is put into opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you gain one life. Artifacts that only gain life are almost always bad. <clears throat> this one is very bad. Rogue's Gloves. Two colorless. Equip two. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. It's close to playable, I think. 
close. If you have a lot of evasive stuff, I can see this. Yeah, a little pricey. But... Yeah, but equipment always is now, so you yeah. kind of have to take all the stuff with a great assault. Sacred Armory is up next. Two mana for an artifact, and it says pay two. Target creature gets plus one, plus zero oh until end of turn. This card is kind of interesting to me as just, you know, a mana sink. Yeah. But, again, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't bump toughness. It's a little too do-nothing. Yeah, I, I could see playing it out of the board in certain matchups where, like, you know that blocking isn't really going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we got Scuttling Doom Engine. Six colorless for a 6-6. Six, six. Scuttling Doom Engine can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. When Scuttling Doom Engine dies, it deals six damage to target opponent. Wow. That's a good six mana 6-6 six, six right there. That's a good card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty easy first pick. Doesn't commit you to any colors. I like it. Shield of the Avatar is next. It is a one mana equipment. It costs two to equip. If a source would deal damage to a equipped creature, prevent X of that damage, where X is the number of creatures you control. This actually seems pretty solid to me. Um, but this is designed by Richard Garriott? Wow. Who's that? Lord British. <laughs> Lord he's, British? He's a game designer. He made Ultima online. Okay. <laughs> I do not know what that is. But let's keep moving. Very first MMO of all time. Oh, okay. Um, moving on, Soul of New Phyrexia. Here's the, the artifact soul. Six mana, six, six trample. Uh, permanence you control gain indestructible until end of turn. You pay five to do that. You could do that again after he's in the graveyard and exile him. Really good. Yeah, I mean, six mana, six, six with trample. Colorless, again, doesn't commit you. It's a mythic. Thank God I won't come up that often. I'm going to let Jeff tell you why the staffs are bad cards while I go refill our water glasses. No problem. Just a quick run down, Jeff. There are five staffs, each for each color. Uh, what they do is three colorless for an artifact. Whenever you cast a black spell or red, blue, white, green, uh, or the swamp, mountain, island, plains, blah, enters the battlefield, you gain one life. So uh, you're paying three mana to gain a bunch of life, maybe. Um, don't do it. Why would you need to gain life like that in a very incremental short-term way? It's Or long-term way, sorry. It's bad. Don't do it. Yep, they're bad. Uh, the Chain Veil is up next. Four mana for a legendary artifact. It's a mythic. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, or no, at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't activate a loyalty, loyalty ability of a Planeswalker this turn, you lose two life. I have stopped caring. Uh... <laughs> Pay four and tap it for each planeswalker you control. You may activate one of its loyalty abilities once this turn, as though none of its. So you can double up on a, a planeswalker. You for can a use ton of mana. Two abilities, yeah. And I mean, again, this is a mythic. All the planeswalkers are mythics. Not relevant for limited. Uh, yeah, it'll never happen. Tormod's Crypt, uh, zero, sack it, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Think it's completely irrelevant. I mean, not completely. There are black cards that care about the graveyard, but yes, it's not worth citing in necessarily against those decks. Tyrant's Machine is up next, the worst icing manipulator of all time. It costs two to cast, and you can pay four and tap it to tap target creature. Now, I say it's the worst icy of all time. It's actually not, like, a terrible card. Like, that's a powerful effect. Yeah, but it's probably too much mana. I'd say that it's pretty rare that you'll want this in your deck. Yeah. Uh, Will Forged Golem, six mana for a 4 4 Convoke. That's it. Will you play this card in most of your decks? 50% of your decks? 25% of your decks? At least 50. Uh, it seems solid. I mean, yeah, I mean, tapping or 5 mana 4 4 
is fine. And you're probably getting that most times. Is it worth giving up that tempo by tapping dudes just to get a 4-4? Like, I'd feel better if it was a 5-4. Yeah. It's a slight difference, but I think it may, it's a big one. Yeah, I still think it's probably worth it, uh, depending on what you're tapping, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if you have a creature that can't get in in combat anyway, tapping it for something like this seems is completely reasonable. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, we have the enemy-colored Painlands here in the set. Battlefield, Forge, Cave of Coilos, etc. Um, these are good for fixing and... Nothing else. That's it. Darksteel Citadel. An indestructible colorless mana. Ever necessary? It is an artifact. Eh, that's fair. There are, there are things that care about that. And this is actually probably one of the better ways to, you know, turn those cards on. For sure. Um, the blue two three that gets flying with an artifact comes to mind, mm-hmm. but it does it does make your mana worse, like significantly worse. Yeah, it's probably most of the time not going to be played. Uh, Evolving Wilds Ooh, is card. yeah. There's very little fixing in this set, so this is going to be a higher pick than normal. And it was already like a card that I think good players liked a lot, just because good players like good mana bases. Yeah. Uh, and I think we have one more. Oh, Radiant we have two Fountain. more. Yeah, Radiant Fountain. Was Gain two life for a colorless mana when it comes into play. <laughs> so, yeah, this card is... Bad. I would never play this. Unplayable. Yeah. Uh, and another unplayable card is Sliver Hive. It's a rare. You can tap to add a colorless to your mana pool. You can tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Oh, wait, you can only spend it on Slivers. <laughs> you can pay five and tap it to put a 1-1 one, one colorless Sliver creature token onto the battlefield. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. good. Oh, wait, you can only do that if you control a Sliver already. So, yeah, this card is generally not going to be playable I either. I will pick it and play it in the one deck that I have the white sliver in. Because <laughs> activating the five-man ability with that in play would be stupid. Yeah, I mean, if you, you got to hope that you have the sliver in play first. So Yes, I know, I know. Okay. This is a dream scenario that, okay. that is very rare. Forcing the issue slivers? No, I'm just saying. If I, I'll get a, I'll get a free free sliver hide. Not, not, I'm not going to pick it over something. All right, last card. Urborg. Tomb of Yawgmoth. Every land is a swamp, everybody. Yep. Help your opponents, help yourself, maybe. Yeah. Who well, knows? Probably helps yourself more than it helps your opponents. People aren't going to plan for you to have Urborg in your deck. Yeah, but truthfully, like, this set is not built around, like, needing swamps into play, right? No, but, I mean, it, it could fix your mana. Like, you know how typically white-black decks tend to have bad mana? Because, like, white has heavy white spells, black has heavy black spells, and... Like, that that card allows you to play maybe more planes, plus the Urborg to fix for black. There, there are scenarios where, like, if you're playing black, you, you should probably just play it. Yeah, might as well. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any Swamp Block in the set that we saw. Good. Yeah. Shit, man, we did it. It only took, like, two and a half hours. Sweet. I'm going to high-five you, because we're in person. High fives all around. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody, if you made it through. Yeah, uh, we were trying to get through it quickly. Um, if you want to contact us, eastwestdraftcast@gmail.com is probably the best way. You could also contact us via Facebook, eastwestdraftcast. Just look us up. Uh, Greg's on Twitter at ewdraftcast. I'm on Twitter at Jeff EWDC. Greg's on Twitter more than I'm on Twitter. I rarely use that Twitter account these days. I'm in full on. Fantasy Greg Sauce mode. mode. Yeah, Greg Sauce is the one. If you really, if you want to talk fantasy sports, talk to at Greg Sauce. Yeah, man. Uh, otherwise, we have a website, eastwestdraftcast.com. Might be where you listen to this. Should be. It's a pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm starting a burrito blog. I'll let you guys know the next time <laughs> when that gets started. I'm excited about the burrito blog. <laughs> um, what else, Craig? Any any other? Uh, well, I mean, welcome back us to podcasting for uh, sure. We, we talked about how this was mostly about getting prepped for GP Portland, which is team sealed. Uh, and we're throwing ourselves into that. And with that in mind, we want to kind of know this set inside and out. So that prompted, you know, really getting back on the podcasting train. It, it just so happened that it coincided with Jeff coming back to California and having time to podcast more. So totally. we're in a really good spot for that right now. Um, some of your favorite guest hosts should be back soon. Uh, Ryan Hogan, my brother, Russell, uh, who just got married, Mazel Tov, and, uh, Spencer, Jordan, maybe the the whole cast of characters. Um, so they'll be back on soon, hopefully. And statistical analysis of M15 is next on the docket, I think. That's for sure. And those are some of our favorite episodes to make because I do think that it's something that no one else is doing as far as like the podcast goes, and even in written articles, like people don't break down not that often. Like. Formats before they happen. Yeah, converted mana costs across colors and, uh, you know, playable versus unplayables, uh, power and toughnesses, you know, all that fun stuff. So look forward to that. Hopefully we'll have that for you in the next uh, week or two. Um, I, I, like I said, I like that episode a lot just because it helps me learn more. For sure. And we hope that that is imparted upon to you listeners. So uh, with that said, look forward to it. And um, that's all I got for now. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Draftcast out.